Hello, humans. Welcome to The Frontline, a leadership and business podcast brought to you by Peregrine Corporate Services, an Isle of Man-based fiduciary provider. My name is Martin Hall. Thank you for listening. Today, we are joined by Bill, Director of Selton and also a Director of Manx Utility and is also Chairman of Manx Radio and also has many interactions with Isle of Man Life. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, so perhaps just provide the listeners a little bit of background on yourself. Where did you grow up originally, Bill? What was your background and schooling? Okay. Um, I was born and brought up in rural Lincolnshire, um, good farming uh, county. Um, but then as I pursued higher education, I chose electronics as a, uh, a core right. subject. Um, and that led me into the design and build of television broadcast infrastructure, which was at that time was fascinating. And in fact, I'm just old enough to have been part of a team that was directly involved in the launch of colour television in the UK in 1968. So that okay. rather dates me. What what talking into electronics was that something just you fascinated at a younger age that was that was an interest to you? As often these things do, I had a, a I had an uncle who was into uh, in that era things like uh, amateur radio and so forth. And then as television came along, I can remember as a very young child, sort of eight years old, helping him put the aerial up and switch on the first TV that my family owned, which was for the coronation in 1953. And it's amazing that those very young experiences form form your life in a way. Yeah, yeah, they provide that. Yeah, it's an imprint, isn't it, I guess, from a very early stage. Yeah. What unis, I presume it was university that you went through, where was that? I went, I went to a technical university in, uh, in, in Leicestershire. Ah, right, okay, okay. So then, then moving into working life from uni, where, where, where did working life start for you? Again, working life started uh, initially in, in a branch environment, uh, one of 800 branches in, in, in Granada, uh, and um, partly through my level of technical uh, achievement, um, writing and conducting uh, and invigilating at uh, trade examinations and so forth, I sort of moved away a little bit from the, the hands-on technical stuff. And I think at about 28 years of age, which is when I was asked to go and start a long uh, overseas career, okay. I, was, I had responsibility for about 150 uh, operations within Granada. So again, at a relatively young age, that was, that was quite a big job. Yeah, I think one of the points I make is uh, when I look back and, and how people should uh, make decisions in their lives and in their careers. Um, I had a phone call on a New Year's Eve and I was in one of my units 100 miles away from home and it was snowing. I got a phone call at five in the afternoon, uh, slightly irritated that uh, uh, my main board director should think he was going to find me in, a, in, in one, of my, one of my offices at five on New Year's Eve resulted in me in going down to uh, London on the 3rd of January. Um, and uh, later that day, I was in uh, Trafalgar Square at South Africa House. And two years later, two weeks later, I landed in uh, Johannesburg. Right. Being, you were presented with 
uh, an opportunity, a challenge, uh, but the circumstance was that you didn't have time to, to cogitate on it. Uh, and I just made a decision and said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, did you have family at that stage you had to take I with you? I did, yeah, I had young children. Right. Um, and uh, that had its challenges. I ended up um, uh, being very involved in building a school when I when I arrived in Swaziland because of uh, education issues, which today is a very valuable asset uh, in the yeah, country. Sure. And it's a very small world. Our Lieutenant Governor here, Sir Richard Gosney, um, and his wife, Lady Gosney, um, he did three years as British High Commissioner in Swaziland just after my time. Right. But their children went to the school that I... I oh, right. <laughs> Small world. Yeah. But, but what, I, what I actually, above everything else, what I feel is um, when opportunities present themselves, it's not always right to uh, say yes, but I look down the other end of the telescope and say, is it really right to say no? And what I found is that life is... It's a series of chapters, and the key thing is some of them will be very good for you. Some of them won't be so good. Mm. That isn't the point. The point is recognising when a chapter has naturally come to end, move forward, don't look back, and go forward. Yeah, and I no. know that that's helped me tremendously in, in the way that I've had a very varied sort of life and career. That's very interesting, yeah. yeah, yeah that's very interesting sort of perception of, of how to approach it. Out of interest, when you went to that, what was that project that, that took you out there? What was the, the bigger uh, kind of headlines uh, of it? Very originally, is it was because South African Broadcasting Corporation was due to come on stream in the second quarter of 75. Uh, Unnaturally, for all of the uh, dynamics of South Africa, and especially during the, the 70s and early 80s, it was quite late as a, as a major country to acquire television. Um, at the South African Broadcasting Corporation. So I went out to provide some technical expertise there. Just as I thought my role was coming to an end, there's this wonderful kingdom um, called Swaziland, which was a British protectorate until 66, um, and then gained its independence, never been part of South Africa as well. Um, and it had this wonderful man, Sabusa, who was the oldest reigning monarch and the longest reigning monarch. And again, one of the highlights of my career, my life, is I got to know this King Sabusa very well indeed. Um, and uh, I have two daughters, the slightly older one, without doubt, is a Swazi in her right. cultural outlook. Um, every day she speaks to a, 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 young, a young teenager, as I knew her, that used to spend time with us and weekends and so on. Um, and they still speak 30 years later, weekly, at least once a week. And that young lady today is the Queen Regent of Swaziland. Ah, very nice. And, and when you have children that you sort of drag around the world with you, Africa and then Asia, and you see those sort of uh, relationships that they formed and maintained, that's, it would have been the easiest thing in the world to, to board my children. Um, mm. I chose not to on the basis that if I was going to have this this career... Yeah, and, and the those experiences, aren't they? Yeah, so I have one daughter who is a Swazi um, <laughs> and the other one who is uh, fluent in Cantonese and Mandarin and her, her outlook is very much uh, Asia. Right, OK. Although so she maybe... worked 
Yeah, she works in a hospital in uh, in Adelaide, in in Australia, oh. on a on a teenage cancer project. But because she speaks Cantonese and Mandarin, she regularly gets to fly Australia to Shanghai and Beijing to present papers and updates from this cancer project to their counterparts in 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 China. So yeah, again, I go back and think, how have you? What have your daughters achieved? How have they achieved? And that one decision. On a, more or less on a New Year's Eve, in some sort, to say yes, I'll do that has done much more than develop your career. Yeah, it shaped the lives of your of your daughters. Yeah, that ripple effect, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's really. So, so what took you to Asia <clears throat> from? Okay, well then, I, uh, after uh, ten years in in Africa, um, the uh, the time was right for us to step out of the the broadcast corporation that uh, we built and uh, developed. I was lucky enough to then have five months at Henley, the management college down on the Thames, which is a is a, a life changing experience in itself. The, my chairman's theory was that that would help shake Africa off your feet and prepare you for a completely different business environment uh, based in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had some significant interests uh, in Asia and based in Hong Kong. And within the group, I think the the job of managing director of the Hong Kong business was seen as the the plum job in in the group uh, and after I did my five months at um, Henley I was I was given the, the role of uh, MD out in Hong Kong right. very small world my predecessor was the son of one of the founders of the group uh, who gave it up after about four years um, because he wanted to go off and, and run a trout farm. Thirty <laughs> uh, years later, I arrive in the Isle of Man, uh, and I'm living up in Ramsey. And about half a mile away from me was my predecessor <laughs> in Hong Kong. Back to that small world. Yeah. And, and you would know, it may not be pertinent to you, you would know the name um, Paul Moulton. Yep. Well, the, the guy I replaced in Hong Kong was his father. And one of my mentors in, in building my career in the group was was Paul Moulton's grandfather. Oh, right. OK. Wow. So it's a very, very small world. You know? Yeah, indeed. And it, you mentioned there, obviously, mentors. That's Is that something throughout your career you've always looked around to find find mentors? Or is that something that just you it, naturally attract to? Certainly in, in, in a formative period. Um, again, one of my observations is if you if you are part of a large group, and you're identified as having some promise and you are accelerated in your career development, that is fantastic and it helps tremendously. Um, The danger is if you stay as an overseas chief exec for too many years, one could argue I did over 20 years, the danger is if you then want to return to your parent group, uh, everyone will say, Bill who? because your mentors have long since passed on and you've been out out with the, the, the core mainstream of the group. Um, yeah. In my case, I came back after 20 years and in fairness to the Granada group, I was given a, 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 a seat on the board. Right. But that's, I think you have to make choices and be aware that if you choose to spend a long career overseas, it's for some people, it's a fantastic life opportunity. Um, but uh, I'd caution about staying away for too long if you think that ultimately the rest of your career will be back in the parent group because yeah. 
as I say, the people that sponsored you and helped you on your way will not be there to help you when you come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, what brought you back in the end? The uh, because uh, we, I was running the Hong Kong operations and I'd just done a deal to um, sell uh, our business in Singapore. Um, and then my group itself was acquired. And right. so then it was a question of tidying up the, the, the sale and purchase uh, in Asia, coming back to London, not knowing what, um, what I might do. <laughs> again, I joined the board. And again, I came to the Isle of Man, never been here in my life. After three weeks in Japan, I came over to represent the group at a, an annual uh, staff function here on the island. Say a few words, talk to people, have a look at the business. And I went back and said, well, clearly it's not core. We don't understand it. We're not supporting it. We need to do something with it. We did. Uh, 12 months later, I went to the board and um, proposed that I did a management buyout and bought the business here in the Isle of Man. Oh, right. Okay. So through your whole career, uh, either a, a big step to go out to Africa in the early 70s and moving on to Asia for another 10, 11 years, to then make a decision after two years back in the UK to say, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I think there's a certain consistency there. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, and so, so I've been here since 1990. Okay. And I assume you love the island. <laughs> yeah, it, it's home. I mean, again, I won't say I'm privileged. I've, I've worked very hard, as lots of other people do, to achieve what their goals are. But I do have a... I have a home in America. I've got uh, two daughters in Australia, but the Isle of Man is home. And just to go back to, you mentioned earlier about being being young when you were younger, I think around 28, you mentioned being put in that le- leadership role. Mm. How was that that's something that just came naturally to you, leadership, do you feel? Do you feel? Uh, Appreciate that's a very broad word, leadership. But Yeah. Um, yeah, again, it's, it's very interesting. By nature, and it's one of those things, if it's ingrained in your nature, it doesn't ever change. You just have coping mechanisms to deal with it and develop it and certainly make sure it's not an encumbrance. But uh, I always was and still am um, quite a reserved, shy individual. And people that know me would fall about laughing if you if if they heard that. But that's only because you 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 haven't, fought with it you've you've learned to deal with it but i i think again one of one of the things i learned through my two distinctly different overseas roles in in developing africa and then in in highly developed uh, hong kong and asia is you go there as a guest in someone else's nation remember that behave as if you are a guest in someone else's nation, respect it, um, try and learn as much as you can about it, its systems and its culture, try and learn the language, even a poor speaker of the local language. I don't speak French or German. I do speak uh, Saswati, Zulu, I speak some Dutch Afrikaans, and I speak Cantonese. But all of that is driven by by the, the belief that that's one of the ways that you gain the, the support the res- and respect, yeah, respect yeah. Um, when this foreign guaylo has been parachuted in to to run the business. 
respect isn't given it's earned uh, people don't follow you because you are the chief exec they follow you because they believe in your vision and they want to support you in, in achieving that so i guess part of that for you being a leader is getting that communication getting that message across and being that 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 leader very much so and there is i think the the the, the issues around that are multiplied a number of times when you're doing it in uh, different cultures around the world. Yeah, as sure. Opposed to, as opposed to a, a concentric uh, UK European. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure. So, so, so today, so today, I suppose as it is now, what roles do you have now? Well, you have many roles now. Do you want to chat through some of those? Yeah, uh, well, keeps you busy. Day, <laughs> my, my day job is is Selton um, uh, Banks. That 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 won't name won't mean a lot to people but if if you're at all a football fan uh particularly english premier league the the actual brand is sbo bet um for four and a half years i had the pleasure of working with the lovely baroness brady uh in as main sponsor of uh, west ham um i started this business for the asian shareholder group back in 2000 and eight um and it's literally a global leader in sports betting its core activities are asia but it's got a very global footprint and from a small beginnings it is now a global leader in what it does right so yeah and that's obviously headquartered out of the out of the island yeah mind and management is here um uh, i've got another 30 to 40 people building uh, en route to the island over the coming months. That's got nothing to do with the, the CV-19. It, it is recognition that one has to have um, a fully functioning, uh, not a disaster recovery, but you need, because of international uh, drift and, and in uncertainties for various reasons around the world, the island man is where we're licensed and regulated. It's where our mind and management is. Yeah. Um, we've been licensed here now, as I say, for, for 13 years or so. Um, so it's very useful given that, 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 that there are certain types of instability, everything from climatic through political, um, things that can interrupt, interrupt your business in Asia. So to have a fully functioning presence here where we can do everything that is needed and clearly one of our core strengths is technology yeah. um, whenever i go to the to the car park in, in, and, and park my car and i want to use my card to pay for for my uh, car park ticket and you stand there and you wait and you wait and you wait and i'm always reminded that on a saturday or a sunday when premier league is uh, functioning and so on we would process credit card, debit card transactions as opposed to credit card. We we would process card transactions and money tran monetary transactions at a rate of two thousand a second. All right. Yeah. And yeah. it takes the car park machine three minutes to give you a card. Yeah. 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 And you've also got other roles within the Armani You're chairman of obviously Manx Radio as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, initially when I started the, that sort of uh, involvement and portfolio. I had a, a, a serious discussion with my shareholders saying, look, are you comfortable for me to take on uh, 
Uh, I think the first role was uh, joining the board of Manx Utilities, Manx Electricity it was, because clearly there is a time element. I'm more than happy to give her my time, but it is going to encroach on the working day. Uh, and their view was uh, absolutely, um, I think it comes back to that general belief that even in the context of the Isle of Man, we're an Asian group. We came to the Isle of Man for valid reasons, the technical infrastructure, the legal framework, the gaming legislation, good reasons to come to the Isle of Man. But we have, by our presence here, we've built a very, very successful business. And you have to recognize that that in no small measure is due to the fabric of, of the Isle of Man. Therefore, it's right to be prepared to put something back into that community and that society. So Manx yeah. Utilities now I mean, 12 years. Um, I serve on the board of the Public Service Commission as, as, as a second government role. Um, I've got uh, other interests um, in, in the third sector, chairman of um, housing matters, which is very topical at the moment with the issues of homelessness, which are coming to the fore in, in, the, in the crisis that we're in. Yeah. Um, I've served on the board of the Chamber of Commerce for about 10 years. Right. So um, great believer in uh, the Isle of Man is basically, in, in world terms, per capita, is a wealthy, relatively wealthy nation. However, it still has some way to go in that it is, in certain ways, it's a divided nation. Um, and there are people that, that need support. Um, so whether it's, uh, whether it's in terms of homelessness uh, or, again, I, I'm probably one of the oldest Rotarians on the planet. I did my first year as president of Rotary in Swaziland in 1978. Wow. Okay. And I've repeated that in Hong Kong and I've repeated it here on the island. And just because basic ethos, the, the, I won't say the world has been kind to you, you've worked hard for what whatever level of achievement and, and reward you have, but that's got nothing to do with whether you should be prepared to put back into, into this community that you're, you're part of. Yeah, well, I see you do obviously do a lot of charity work I know recently as well see the podcast as well we talk about entrepreneurs and you support the uh, junior achievement awards for that as well i presume that's important to yourself as well yeah, absolutely um and uh it's not just the it's not just the right thing to do it's the smart thing to do um one of the issues i have with in the uh public listed uh, uh sector that obviously I've worked in with Granada and, and more recently a name listing that I was part of is the basic uh, tenant of shareholders, particularly institutional shareholders, is you have no mandate to engage in social projects. Your only mandate is to maximise profits for us as a shareholder group. And I think I understand the logic behind that but I think it's sort of derailed itself. And I don't think that public listed companies uh, achieve to their optimal. Even they operate in a society with the tacit approval of 
the citizens, whether you're John Lewis or Debenhams or, you know, to use for two fairly extreme examples. Yeah, so yeah. to engage and put back into the community, which allows you and your business to develop and succeed is absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. I obviously we broke, spoke briefly before the podcast started and we'll say we've obviously never met before. My observations in, in the brief half an hour is you're obviously very driven, uh, very busy. I assume you don't really sleep too much. Uh, again, is that desire to? Is there a desire ever to slow down, or is it just to continue to to do those good things as well? Yeah, well, I don't regard it as doing good things. I just think they are as rewarding to me as the as the day job. Um, I am definitely not uh, retirement material. If you're blessed with good health and your brain still works uh, and and you have the energy, uh, in a few months' time. And I don't wish to sound at all arrogant. In a few weeks, sorry, three months' time, I'm 75, and I'm not your average 75-year-old, and I'm very, very fortunate. So, um, in a way, you, you, your your uh, historical background. Um, I have one parent that lived to 102. Uh, and and uh, their parents and so on and so forth. If you have the right genes, yeah. and it's right for you, uh, clearly there are people in a similar position to myself who, for example, would be golfing in Florida now and living yeah. there, not not working. Uh, that doesn't appeal to you. No. no, getting getting time to spend there appeals to me as it does with my daughters in Australia. But it's not it's, for me. It's not a lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. And then just to, uh, just to close up, generally speaking, I mean, do you do a lot of, I I use the word self-development, do you do a lot of reading of other people in, in business, in, in in positions to learn and develop? I I saw any book recommendations off the back of that. Yeah. I saw on your note a question about, you know, what reading do you do? Um, perhaps not surprisingly, I'm, I'm not a a reader of, uh, nonfiction and, and, uh, and hardbacks generally. Um, I'm an avid reader of current affairs, um, of politics, and at certain international parts of the world. Clearly, uh, I maintain an interest in Matters Africa, um, equally um, Asia. Um, But I think it's absolutely vital in my role to keep yourself well-informed and rather than narrowing your focus you should be doing exactly the opposite yeah. and a lot of the decisions you make even if you're not conscious of it are informed yeah. by yeah. your broader outlook uh, and, and and scope um, so yeah. yes lots of reading but it's largely non-fiction and it's politics uh, and it's economics basically and, and thank you. And if people want to reach out, I, I, I guess, and just again chatting to you for, for half an hour, I'd even think of an eighteen-year-old who wants to get into business and just wants a bit of advice. You'd probably open your door and tell yeah, them to come and sit in front of you. So, yeah. if people want to reach out to you in any format, how, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, well, you've—I uh, think you've got my email address. Yeah, I can share that in our footer notes. If you don't that. mind, I, I really don't mind you sharing my contact number. Yeah. Um, okay. One of the one of the regular things um, we do. In, in partnership with government is um, the STEP program. Okay, yeah, been through uh, that. Yep, and, and uh, I um, 
I was one of the two uh, judges last year. It's, sadly, it's not taking place this year. But that STEP programme is an extremely valuable tool for uh, both. The, and it's, it's typically a situation where it's a win-win. The uh, employer that takes on uh, the uh, undergraduate for uh, six or eight weeks, they benefit and with the right mentoring, so does the student. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for your time today. It's been much appreciated. Very fascinating. Um, it's, it's my pleasure. So if it's been too much of a ramble, but... Uh, not all, not all. I think I could ramble for hours. So uh, <laughs> it's more more trying to keep it to a, to a tight half an hour. But no, I appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks for listening, people. <laughs>